like nostalgic. Movie review. Nerdy. Married man. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome to New and Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I am David. And I'm Steven. And today is a very special episode. It, it is. is our 25th episode. Yes, it is. And uh, today we are looking at Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Woo-woo! Uh, came out this year, tw- uh, 2022. It's a... PG-13 movie, two hours and 41 minutes. Yep. And this is actually the 30th of all the Marvel movies as well. So it's a big number for both of us. Quite a milestone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this movie, we got uh, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, uh, Martin Freeman, and Tanak Huerta. And uh, Dominique Thorne, too. Dominique Thorne, yes. Introducing, I think. Yes. Which this movie, um, a lot of people are a little skeptical about, especially with not having Chadwick. A lot of people were wondering how they were going to deal with the Chadwick of it all because he had passed away um, from cancer. His family didn't want him to kill off T'Challa. They thought somebody else should just play T'Challa. But Marvel wanted to go ahead and say, we want to celebrate his legacy of what he did with this character. And he is this character. We don't want to see anybody else as this character. Yeah. So they decided to do what we all thought they would do with possibly killing him off, which honestly, the way they did it, I think was really well done. Yeah. I think it was a really good send off and it was a very uh, emotional scene. Yes. And this is the first time a Marvel movies actually had no intro music during their Marvel cinematic thing. That's and it right. Was all things from black Panther and all things dealing with Chadwick. And it was completely silent Really, really touching homage to him and mm-hmm. just really incredible. I got a little teary-eyed during this, not going to lie. the I just love the little touch that they did. Oh, this this movie him. definitely gives you the feels. <laughs> uh, I guess a little synopsis here. It says the, the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of their king, uh, T'Challa. Yes. So yeah, that's pretty simplified. But... I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not a ton more to it. Uh, the intervening worlds, we have the world powers as it is. Like, the United Nations is an intervening power. The CIA is an intervening power. And we have mm-hmm. the underwater world as well. But, like, back to Chadwick. I think the writer and director of this movie, Ryan uh, Coogler, he really pulled it through because i mean he had to basically take apart his already written script for chadwick and rewrite it to include his death and really introduce this emotional journey that shuri is going through like with loss and grief and i I think it worked out really well but i just i know that had to be so challenging to do oh yeah for sure this was supposed to be the last film in chadwick's contract for the, with Marvel. He signed up for five films, he signed right? signed up for five, and this was supposed to be his fifth film. Yeah. Um, so we don't know if he was going to keep continuing to be back plant. There probably was. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know if they were possibly also going to kill him off because they've been also sitting after the Young Avengers for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we're going to have to get Shuri up there eventually. Well, I mean, honestly, I like the way they did it because bringing Shuri in to the Black Panther role, it didn't feel forced. 
Like it was, uh, I was really worried about how it was going to work out. It actually almost more felt like a legacy sequel to me because of the way they did it. They basically did the exact same storyline and story beats of the very first one with T'Challa grieving with the death of his father Mm -hmm. and winning, going towards vengeance first and having to deal with his internal demons himself and becoming the Black Panther. And we see that exact same almost word for word beats with Shuri, and it's actually like really awesome, and it actually made a lot of sense, and especially for becoming the Black Panther and not dealing with vengeance, it was well, really awesome. I gotta give it to Letitia because she just really pulled out this role. Because I mean, I imagine she was probably not originally expecting to be the lead role in the next Black Panther film, so she oh, yeah. just really pulled it together and rocked it. And I really like kind of watching her character struggle. It's almost like her scientific mind was struggling and conflicting with her spiritual pain and trying to like make sense of everything. And I don't know, just the way she deals with that grief and yeah, and it, I, it makes it work. I still really love the way that Sherry does deal with technology like she is so insanely smart with the Mm -hmm. way that she comes up with things the way that she acts with things she's so different than t'challa in a lot of ways but also very similar like they they grieve the same way they react to a lot of situations the same way but the way they think about how to approach things is completely different she Mm. always thinks about it from a tech side where t'challa always thought about it from a physicality side yeah and that's where it gets really interesting and i think makes it her own and so, um, I guess, what did you feel about this movie before we get into mini spoilers or anything? Uh, you know, overall, great film. Uh, I, it's so beautifully shot. Um, the music and visual effects are were on par. Like, this is what a Marvel movie should look and sound like. Like, it's just so beautiful. I mean, there are some things throughout the story that kind of pull it down a little, but... I, I do think it is worth owning this movie. It is a very good movie. You should check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to agree. I think this movie was incredible. It was a breath of fresh air. Um, dealing with a lot of movies that were very controversial. You either loved them or you hated them. Of the last few Marvel movies. We had that with Thor. We had that with a couple of these other ones. Where it's just like Marvel. Uh, even uh, Multiverse of Madness. A lot of people either loved or hated a lot of these, and they were like very different from the normal MCU. And this felt back on track with the big hitters of MCU movies. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is up there in like the top five or top ten of sales for MCU movies. Oh yeah, well, and I like how the tone of this movie just felt so perfect. Like, it, you're right; it didn't seem like, and I, I guess back to the comparison with Thor. Like it didn't seem like it was just purely trying to be a comedy or a parody of itself. Yeah. It just, it had a really good tone and it had some comedic moments, but they kind of flowed nicely. Like I never, I don't recall seeing a comedic moment in this movie that actually ruined the tone of a scene. Yeah. The only moments that I can think of and it's, it wasn't for me, but I've seen a lot of people complain about like them calling white people colonizers and stuff like that. It's fun to see a colonizer in chain for once. Oh, okay. And or, and I was like, but I thought that was funny when I saw it. Mm. And because of the way they approached it and who said it, I thought it was accurate. 
I didn't think it would felt forced. I didn't think it fell flat. Like I still chuckled at it. <laughs> like for me, I didn't have a problem with it, but I have heard a lot of problems with that. That's, that's, that's the interesting. Only thing that I, I really heard problems with them. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. The, highly recommend this movie. Definitely. Everyone go see it. Everyone buy it when it comes out. I think this one is up there with the first Black Panther. It's, I wouldn't say it's better, but I wouldn't say it's worse either. I would say it's pretty on par. It's apples and oranges. I love them both for different reasons. And if if you're talking strictly about Phase 4 Marvel, this is one this is, of the top tier yeah. movies of Phase 4. You know, it's it's not quite on par with, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's, it's a really good movie yes, out of Phase 4. For sure. I will 100% agree with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, we're about to move on to spoilers, but next week uh, we are looking at Steven's good pick, which is Bodied. Woohoo! Yes, this is an Eminem-produced film about battle rap, and it's a film that really touches on race. So we have two films really touching on race back-to-back, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, so uh, join us next week for that. Now, on to the spoilers. Yes. So, like I said, I really just loved a lot of the beats for this. I love the opening scene where the mercenaries coming to attack the Wakandans and try to get Vibranium, and they knew the attack was coming. And then they brought all the mercenaries into the United Nation meeting and was like, hey, France, these are your <laughs> freaking guys that we just took down. Why were they in our base? Why were they trying to steal Vibranium? What's going on? And everyone's like, crap. <laughs> <sighs> everyone in the world is trying to get their hands on vibranium because they know how much they could use vibranium. And when one world power has more power than you, you get fearful of, and you want it for yourself. On that's, I, I don't blame uh Ramonda one bit for wanting to like close off Wakanda again. Cause just the way that everyone throughout the world is reacting to wanting to get their hands on vibranium. Like I understand why, but the way they're going about it and also the uses they're wanting to do that. I mean, they're wanting to create weapons for war. Yeah. I feel like using it for other things would be more beneficial for the world. And I think that's what, that's what Wakanda does. That's what Wakanda is wanting too. Well, and I actually really liked this too, because spoiler alert, Wakanda isn't the only place to have vibranium. And I thought this when I first saw black Panther, I was like, how in the world did all the vibranium only hit one spot? Was it only one meteor of vibranium? Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's scattered around the world. Just people didn't know what to look for. People don't know how to look for it. It's also hidden really deep in the oceans. And another concentrated area is our new location movie called Talokan, which in the comics, it is Atlantis. They changed it to Talokan for obvious reasons. And that's because of DC DC and, you know. Yeah, there's What's a name? lot of Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of thing in this that I didn't ever realize. Like, I didn't realize that uh, Namor was actually the very first superhero alongside Angel and the Human Torch. He was actually the Submariner back then. Yeah, he was um, one of the first Marvel created. And superheroes. in the movie, he calls himself a mutant, and in the comics, he's actually Marvel's first mutant. And That's so it's it's really cool, actually. Like, we're getting the first cinematic appearance of someone who was actually the first ever Marvel character. And I'm like, oh, that's like, I didn't realize that. Like, I thought he was an older character for sure, but I didn't realize he was this old. Yeah, he's one of the top few first ones. So, which, yeah, I got to say, it was really funny. The actor who played him was really incredible. I think Namor was a great villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was hilarious that <laughs> uh, Tanakh Hutera, who plays him, he actually didn't know how to swim. 
before the movie. And they have a lot of underwater scenes and stuff that they had to film for the movie. So we actually had to take swimming lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and like when the Ryan Coogler asked him, like, hey, how do you, how can you, or like, what's your swimming ability? He's like, I haven't died. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeded to immediately start taking swimming lessons so that he could film for the movie accurately, which I really appreciated, like seeing an actor put extra work into his role. And uh, what, not only was Namor a good villain, but he also felt like he was part of the story in this one. Cause I know mm-hmm. a lot of uh, some of the earlier Marvel villains get flack for just being very one note dry characters that don't do much. And there have been a lot of villains in recent years and even some of the earlier MCU villains, but I think Namor is up there for some of the top tier villains, which is also fitting since yeah. one of the other top tier ones was from the first Black Panther movie. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, on a roll here. Yeah. They did just a really good job with him entirely and i really just loved everything that he stood for and the reason why we didn't ever see him or know about him is because he's in the deepest parts of the ocean that scanners can't usually go no one's really looking there and the his powers in this movie i was not expecting them to be as good as they were and especially because he's actually designed after um a couple of mayan gods he's designed after a cuckoo khan some people, he also talked about Chalk in the movie too, which mm-hmm. are both actual Mayan gods. They're both Mayan gods of storms. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome that he even brings homages to like where he was created from. And so I was like, all right, all right. All right. Well, uh, I, I also love not only Namor, but the Talokan people. The, yeah. the first scene they're introduced is terrifying. Yeah. And I love it so much. The just sirens. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It, it was just so like enthralling. Not and... many movies have done the sirens very well. Sirens in mythology, if you don't know what sirens are, they're always been like mermaid-esque kind of figures that sing a song that's so beautiful that attracts you to the ocean. They lure you in and then they kill and eat you. And these sirens song was terrifying they looked terrifying it was so eerie (laughs) and it was almost kind of like i hate the movie the happening but the way they reacted was almost like the happening where they would just like walk off the edge of an oil rig to just jump into the water and i was like what the hell (laughs) i did i did get those happening vibes i'm like (laughs) oh yeah but i mean it was it wasn't terrible though no (laughs) i did laugh that there was two blue people underwater movies this year we had Avatar, The Way of Water, and then we have this with blue people underwater. <laughs> oh, you know, makes sense, I guess. One person we haven't brought up yet was Riri Williams. Yes, uh, so Ironheart. And I I have a love-hate relationship with her in this movie. I like the character, but she felt shoehorned into the movie, and she was. She was basically in the movie to be introduced for her Disney Plus TV yeah. show coming up. But... I mean, I like the character and I like the things she did in the movie, but she really felt tacked on at times. And I, don't I, know. I felt like at first I I liked the introduction of her. I liked the way that Shuri and uh, what's her name? Okoye. Yeah, Okoye were approaching her. I liked all the stuff at the college. I love that she was the one who built the vibranium sensor. I loved all those things because it, it really showed her tech side and they were really showing her like shop and her tech things in it they never actually said iron heart in the movie but they showed her holding a little iron heart yeah <laughs> which was kind of a fun like little touch there but the one thing i really just hated with this is it felt like after that that they like they just decided all right for this last battle we're gonna give everyone an iron man suit 
<laughs> well, the the two suits that they give the Wakandans, uh, Okoye and the other uh, warrior, I yeah. forget her name. But those suits were actually lifted right out of the comic book. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, they're like discount Power well, Ranger suits. I think they looked the, pretty the cool. Min- they were called the Midnight Angels. And the Midnight Angels suits were awesome. I will say I did not really... I thought the Ironheart suit looked a little... I liked her original suit, like in the lab. But when she recreated the suit for the final battle, like before she had it all fully made, mm-hmm. I did not really like that. It looked really fake comparison to all the other... Uh, Iron Man suits and to well, the Midnight Angels. To be fair, like I, I agree that like, the Ironheart suit almost looked plastic in yeah. a way. It was really weird. But one thing, one other problem I have with Riri Williams is not really a problem with her, but it's a problem with Namor, and it is his motivations. Yeah, I, I think it was stupid for him to want to capture the scientist that created the tech. Because the government already seized the tech. There's going to be more people out there that learned how to create it. So she's not the only one. So him wanting to capture and kill her in order to stop people searching for vibranium is so stupid. Well, and she (laughs) sold this to the CIA. So they have people that have already backwards rebuilt it. And I'll have other sensors out there. Like Exactly. She's not the only person in the world who can do this now. I feel like Namor should have thought of something else to do in order to stop it. Yeah, him immediately going against the Wakandans felt weird because, like, in most of these other stories, uh, for example, I'll go into uh, DC's Flashpoint Paradox. Um, in that, when the world strikes against the ocean, Atlantis strikes against the world. They do all these things to attack and kill giant populations. They do all these things to send all these, like, giant waves and tsunamis mm-hmm. and engulf and kill millions or billions of people in this movie. And I thought that's where it would go before he would run after and want to kill Riri and all of Wakanda. It's like, why? See, I understand him wanting to go after Wakanda more than after Riri. Or Riri. Yeah, um, Because, like, with Wakanda, he at first approaches them to help him stop the world. Yeah. But wakanda disagrees with his methods and how he wants to do things so he's like well either you're going to help me or you're my enemy i'm going to kill you so you're not in my way when i attack the world yeah like i understand that motivation but i do think especially because they probably are the two biggest powers right now in the world (laughs) which uh, that's that's one thing i found kind of weird is talokan is supposed to be on par with wakanda in technology and stuff like that but it didn't seem like it was on the same technological level. Yeah. Like the movie's saying these people are, you know, so advanced and they were advanced. But if you look at the tech and the science and I mean, even some of the spiritual things in Wakanda, it seems so much further ahead than Atlantis or sorry, not Atlantis. <laughs> Talokan. Yeah. <laughs> same thing, basically. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing I kind of found a little questionable. Yeah, and, like, some of the decisions I did find questionable in here, I found, like, moderately questionable. Like, I, I could come up with excuses of why they did it certain ways. Yeah. But I also was, like, I think you could have done something maybe a little better. But I also, like, struggled with coming up with something. Like, the other big thing for me was why fight the ocean people and their strongest in the middle of the ocean right. for the final battle on this giant boat that can be easily tipped over? <laughs> Because of how tall it is. And I'm sitting here like, uh, like you, come on. <laughs> you have all these underwater subs and stuff like that. But they didn't use any of that. They used it for entering the city mm-hmm. with that one uh, 
Ah, gosh, I can't think of her name. Why am I drawing a blank on her? Are you talking? Yeah, Nokia. Are you talking about? Yeah. yeah oh, Nokia, yeah. Nokia. Yeah. Okay, so it is Nokia. Okay, cut this part Nikia. and resume. Yeah. So when uh, Nakia actually goes to insert or go to get into the city to help Sherry and Riri, she uses this amazing like submarine like thing to go down to the city. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you use those for the battle? Like, you put some weapons on those. Put some sound emitters on those. They they only <laughs> had one sound emitter, and it was on the bottom of their ship, which was easily gotten to because of how tall up they were. They had no one protecting the bottom of the ship. <laughs> well, and I got to say, I feel like it was, like, Nakia had to get that technology and find a way to get into Talokan, and it seemed so difficult. Why did it seem so damn easy for... Namor to get into Wakanda. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Out of nowhere, he just appears. Because of how fast he is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's too fast for their security. I don't know. But as far as the movie, the, uh, though I did really enjoy the movie, I do feel there were at points where the movie felt very long-winded. Yeah. Or ju- it just it kept going. I mean, it is almost a three-hour movie, but when I think of another almost three-hour or over three-hour movie like uh, Endgame, Endgame did not feel as long-winded no. as this movie did. And part of that are there are some scenes in it that I just I really didn't care about. They just especially with uh the character Everett Ross. Mm-hmm. I I love Martin Freeman and I think that character is great. Yeah. But he also like Riri was shoehorned into the movie and every scene that he was in was almost completely unnecessary. You can cut out all of his scenes and the movie would not change. Yeah, and they had him in there, I think, mainly because they wanted to have Val more in here. Yeah, that, well, I mean, because she's going to be um, integral the, to the future. She, yeah, because she has up the Dark Avengers. Yeah. And I think that she's really setting up for the Dark Avengers. And I really think, because we are getting into Secret Wars... In the comics, Val was a scroll, and she actually dated Nick Fury, but she was found out to be a scroll. So I think they're changing who she dates with having him date, or having her date, uh, used to date Everett Ross. Because isn't she like the ex-wife of him yeah, or his something? Ex-wife. And so I think she's going to end up being a scroll because it, it did seem like he was even kind of like, you seem way different than normal. Oh, okay. And I, I guess I didn't catch on that, but that, I mean, that would be a cool reveal. Oh, actually, sorry. Before I get into like more of the end stuff, I loved when Shuri created the synthetic flower. Oh, to, the, the new heart flower? Yeah, the new heart flowers so she could become a Black Panther. When she went into the dream world, the person that she saw was Warmonger. I loved that because he Kill- was also... Or Killmonger, Yeah, Killmonger. <laughs> Why would I say Warmonger, not Killmonger? Freaking... Warmonger in this was Killmonger. really Killmonger was so amazing to see in this like because he was so unexpected. And I love the things that he said to her. And especially because in the comics, he was actually the one who created the synthetic heart orchard or whatever it's called. And so I thought it was really amazing that they had him in it, and especially because of how much she was grieving and how much she wanted vengeance, showing the person who his entire life was vengeance in that scene was really really cool it made sense that she would see her cousin yeah even further i want to get into the new black panther suit oh yes i think it is a beautiful looking suit it's really well designed and i like how also still incorporates her little sound cannon things but one thing i did not like 
was the reveal of her suit when she comes from the ceiling and lands. Yeah. I just, it did not have a very impactful tone to it. Like she's revealed and it's like, oh, well, she's here. I don't know. Like it just didn't feel special. Like the first time you see some like suits in other mm-hmm. superhero movies, that first reveal is supposed to be so cool. Yeah. And like one I think about is uh, in the amazing Spider-Man one, the suit reveal in that with yeah. Andrew Garfield. It, it's, it's a cool reveal. It, so I just, I didn't feel that with this. One movie. of the things, like I said, it kind of brings it back to what I said with it being kind of more of a legacy sequel feel for me. Uh-huh. Um, when she does, uh, become the Black Panther. She doesn't realize she has the power yet, and she punches that mannequin and it flies off, just like T'Challa did in the first movie. That was really awesome. And I thought that was another <laughs> thing where I was like, oh my gosh, like beat for beat, they're doing a lot of the same things the exact same way. And I don't blame them for it, honestly, because it worked so well the first time. And I think it works extremely well, especially with being a sibling of that person. Like they are going to act similar, they are going to do the same things, they are going to have the same kind of values towards things and like we were talking about with the ending some people did have a problem with the ending where she let namor survive and was like let's make a treaty let's like make peace with this like let's stop doing this Mm -hmm. i didn't have a problem with that especially because like in the comics they come together to fight dr doom and i think that's coming up shortly i think we are getting to the point where dr doom has been hinted at so much in so many things he was hinted at in moon knight he's hinted at in this he's hinted at in other things and i'm like we are getting close to dr doom becoming a real threat even in the spider-man uh movies and in the spider-man game there's a lot of ties to that and they're even trying to tie in the spider-man game into the universe because they're bringing sony spider-man into the spider-verse movie and they're possibly bringing in some of the spider-men like andrew garfield's rumored to be in a couple of the spider-verse movies well, I, I don't know if they're gonna if the mcu is gonna put spider-verse I, I in the same universe i think if that if like toby and andrew and tom are gonna be in spider-verse i think that's gonna be a separate thing I, but in like I could, Black see, Panther. I could see loose connections. <laughs> I could see loose connections where they could help each other every once in a while. See, That's what as, I hope for. <laughs> as far as the ending in Black Panther, I also feel the same as Steven. I did not think it was terrible that they decided to make peace. Um, yeah. And I mean, they hinted at Namor is like only making peace until it's necessary to break that, break that treaty. But I will say the ending itself kind of felt lost for me. Like yeah. there were so many other plot points that were kind of left up in the air. And then so many things they introduced at the end. And it's because Marvel is on this track of trying to introduce so many things for future projects. I think the ending felt a little flat for me because mm-hmm. there wasn't a clear, like satisfying ending. It just kept well, introducing I, things. I almost, besides seeing the Midnight Angels fight in the last scene, I really did not need to have that giant battle for the last scene. I only needed to have Shuri and Namor fight. Mm -hmm. And I think if it was just that, it would have been perfect. But I think having the duality of things happening at the same time and switching back and forth between events felt so whiplashy and weird because you'd be going to, oh my gosh, why are these people losing (laughs) to the ocean and they're making all the wrong decisions and their ship's about to go down and they're all about to die and they're being surrounded but then Shuri is kicking Namor's ass. And so you have like them winning and losing at the same time in both different areas. And it got to the point where it almost felt like the only way for 
most of Wakanda's best fighters to survive were for her to make peace with them. Because if she killed Namor, all of Wakanda, like all the people on the ship in the last battle would have been killed. Yeah, probably. Which is weird because Wakanda should have had the upper hand at that point. They had, like you said, they had the new suits, they had Ironheart, they had all the Wakandan warriors. Yes, they were fighting in the ocean, but I still think they had the upper hand. Yeah, especially when they've always shown, in this movie a lot, and like David said earlier, the technology for Wakanda just seemed light years ahead of what Atlantis or whatever it's called. Talokan. Talokan felt. And it was just so bizarre in a lot of ways with that. Um, one of the things we will talk about too is Baby Panther. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, they revealed T'Challa's son that uh, he had with Nakia. Yep, which I was not expecting at all. But with them setting up for the Young Avengers, I am not surprised by it. Um, in the Young Avengers, though, it's actually Iron Man who raises T'Challa's child. Oh, okay. So I thought I thought it was a little kind of cool like them like redoing it in different ways which i've been really enjoying with the mcu a lot of like diehard comic fans really like oh well you didn't do exactly this comic story and i'm like they have to make their own a little bit it's a whole new universe it's the mcu not earth 49 or well, it it frustrates <laughs> me when fans want things to be a certain way like just like the comic you know it's i i just don't think that's necessary you know creators should have the ability to take some certain liberties like you, they have very similar story points. And I mean, oh, yeah. I do think the addition of having it being a different universe in the multiverse helps so that, you know, well, technically it's not the comic universe, yeah. you know, but I don't know. I think it's just ridiculous how people freak out at the smallest. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to point out that I would, I want to see now that I saw where Riri was going to school Riri is going to school at MIT. You know who else is going to MIT? MJ. You know how awesome it would be? I talked about MJ meeting up with some other people at MIT, but what if she met up with Riri? That'd be awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> well, then maybe uh, she could meet Ned too. And... Right? Oh, that'd be so cool. Because we got Ned, Flash, and MJ all going there. And I think Peter might still be going there. It, it was unclear at yeah. No Way Home. He was he had his book to get his GED so he could go on to college. Yeah, because I don't think – I don't even think in the comics he went to MIT. I think he went to just New York University or whatever. I, I'm not sure. But, yeah. But so Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, really good movie. Uh, it is slower paced than your typical Marvel movie, so just be prepared for that. It is actually the longest single hero movie of all of the MCU. And it's the, I think the third longest MCU film behind Endgame and Infinity War. Was Spider-Man longer than this or, one? I can't remember. Maybe. I, I, remember. I know it was either third or fourth place for the longest MCU film. Regardless, it's a long movie. <laughs> it's a long movie. <laughs> it's worth the watch though. With everything nowadays seeming like it's going towards a three hour mark, where I think this is something we're just going to have to get used to. Yeah, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was Black Panther. Um, Hope you get to watch it, enjoy it as well. And again, next week, join us for Bodied. Woohoo! Bye.